listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 84. I'm talking to Stan Rada about discipleship online, digital discipleship, and if that's even a thing. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, who would never get in the water with a shark. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I'm excited to be with you today. I have a great guest, a great conversation that we're going to have with Stan Rada. He is exa- he is a campus pastor and uh, has been rethinking uh, the, the discipleship thing for today's age. And he's got some really good thoughts on that, so I can't wait for you to get to that. If you are a pastor, this episode is going to be incredible for you. If you're a communication director, you're going to punch the air a couple of times because this is just such a good conversation. This is one of those, like, man, share this with your pastor if you don't, um, if, if you guys are trying to figure out what discipleship looks like and how digital tools like social media and what your website and YouTube or what or podcast, how all that fits into the discipleship plan. Because uh, Stan and I are going to talk about some tools and how we can use them, and it is really, really good. He's 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 a brilliant dude. So this is episode eighty four. Get the show notes at sethmuse.com slash eighty four for the links that we're going to talk about in this episode. You can also go to Stan's website stanrada.com. That'll be in the episode uh, where he just, he blogs a lot about discipleship. So it, and it's and it's well done. I don't read a lot of blogs. I know that's weird to say because I write a blog, but I don't read a ton. Uh, but, but his is one that I, I really do think is, is worth, worth the read that I do frequent from time to time when I do read blogs. It is, uh, it's really well done. So check that out. Um, also let me just say another quick word about that church conference coming up in September. I got a link in the show notes for you to sign up, go to that link, sign up. It is a great experience to network with other church communicators, to get some new insights, to talk about trends, to talk about social media and marketing and how we can connect with people in our communities, in our context, in a way that is uh, much more effective and cost efficient as well. So check that conference out. And it's like a, it's kind of like the high school reunion that you go to that you really want to go to where you see a lot of friends. And it's really, really fun. So go check that out. I got a link in the show notes go to that church conference. If you don't do another communication conference, that's the one to do. Uh, and then last, I'd love for you to follow me on Instagram at Seth Muse or go to uh, SethMuse.com. You can find all my uh, social media follow stuff there. There's a Facebook group that that's for this group, uh, for this podcast. And uh, it's really, really fun. So we're doing some really fun stuff in there. So go check that out. And uh, some good conversation even today about what does it look like to be trusted with communications by your leadership and how do you gain trust and how do you uh, explain what you do and get them to understand. And like a lot of things that we're going to talk about in this podcast as well. So, um, I don't like the podcast that have this long drawn out intro. So I'm going to cut these pretty short. I always try to just jump into the, into the con, into the conversation of the show. So, um, here we go. Let's, let's hear from Stan cause he's got some good things to say. Thanks for listening. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Want to welcome Stan Rada to the show. How's it going, man? Oh, not too bad. Seth, how are you, man? I am super. I'm super good. Huge. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really good. And uh, I, I see you're just kind of chilling outside, hanging out. Uh, you know, it's it's nice night. So yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Where Absolutely. Are you, where are you chilling out at? Where? What city are you uh, in? I am just outside of uh, Washington D.C. I am. Uh, I'm. I'm 
on staff with a guy you probably know uh, pretty well, Tom Pounder. He yeah. he makes his way around some of these podcasts and stuff quite a bit. So I'm, that's where I'm at. I'm out there with him. Yeah. Yeah. Tom's a good friend of the show and uh, love that guy. He's got a great podcast, uh, really works with youth ministry, youth ministers, yeah. right? So what do you yes. do? With, what do you do at the church? So we are a multi-site church, and uh, I'm uh, a campus pastor at uh, our location out on the western kind of suburb end of DC. Okay, campus pastor. All right, cool. So yes. multi-site. How many campuses do you guys have? Uh, we say one church, three locations. Uh, we have two live campuses that meet uh, on Sundays, and then we have our online campus, which, as you know, Tom Pounder is very well acquainted with. Right. Right. So you say live campuses, does that mean, just get a feel for your church. Um, sure. So, so listeners know, um, live campuses to you, is that speaking is live, music is live, everything is live, or is it any, yes. any video at all? Um, every now and then we will do video. We will do a video message for like a really big uh, specific Sunday, uh, a special guest after a holiday or something of that nature. But we have a, uh, we have a live teaching team. It's a, a live preaching rotation. So live worship, live teaching. If you came into the elementary school that my campus meets in, it, if you didn't know New Life's uh, story, it would feel like a it, its own autonomous church. So it's all right. it's all live there on Sunday morning. Okay, so you're setting up in a in an elementary school. Yep, you're doing yep, that weekly. every week. Oh yep. man, bless you. Up and down. Yeah. <laughs> bless I hear you. that a lot. <laughs> yeah, we're about to do that too. We're about to launch a fourth campus, and we're going to do that in uh, high school. Nice. And yep. So, so luckily they've got a auditorium with a sound system. And I think we're going to provide some new equipment for that so that we can have it so we can use it. But, uh, yeah, yep. less to set up every week, but man. Oh yes. Yeah. Good so, times. So your Sunday morning starts pretty early. I bet. Yeah. Very early. I, I mean, we're setting up by seven. I'm up at, you know, five and then we're home by one or one thirty. So I mean, it's, it's a, it's a good chunk of time. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, I know that you blog at, uh, stanrotter.com. We'll link to that in the show notes and, uh, you can get people out there to that, but you're, you're really focused on discipleship. That's a big deal to you. Yes, um, sir. I, how does that look for you as a, as a, as a campus pastor at a remote, like kind of set up, tear down church. Is it easier? Is it harder? I mean, what has your experience with being able to disciple your people been? Yeah, it's, man, that's, it's a good question. One of the things that I think we've had to really figure out is, is more or less um, just kind of getting our hands around what we, how we would define discipleship, what that meant, what it looks like. Cause I think if you ask any pastor at any church, anywhere, any given day or Sunday, they would say, we want to disciple our people. Um, but for us, it's become more of a, okay, as you mentioned, we're mobile. We are visible one day a week. So six days a week, people kind of forget we're there. Yeah. How do we make disciples now when we aren't really technically present six days of the week? And so, yeah, that it's been a, uh, it's been a unique challenge, but I think one of our successes has simply been defining what that means for us and what we believe that it means biblically. And so we're able to pursue it, you know, the other six days of the week, regardless. Yeah. I know that when I was in youth ministry, that was always a struggle is like, what does a disciple really look like? What do we do? Like, what kind of things can we ask kids to do? And then eventually yeah. parents too, you know, adults translates, but uh, you know, like what is, what does it mean to be a true follower of Christ? Like, what does that even look like? And then how do you get somebody from point A to point B? You know, yes. that, that in itself is a, is a tough question. 
that every church yeah. has to deal with, but you're dealing with it in a, in a very spread out abstract kind of where is everybody during the week way that is really unique that I'm really glad to talk to you about this. Cause this really relates to our, my audience, which is the communication pe- people, you know, pastors yes. and communications that are dealing with, even if there is a physical brick and mortar location, they're trying to find ways to connect with people during the week, like yep. you're having to do. So, yep. um, what are, what are some of those, those challenges and barriers that you're facing right now with, uh, with being in that kind of campus? Um, yeah. So for, for me, I would say, um, I don't know, man, to be honest with you right now, I think we are in a really sweet season. And so I've had a hard time identifying, um, challenges or blocks or barriers just because it's been so fun. Um, which, which is, which is just a really fun thing to be, it it is, it's way more fun to be a part of this kind of a thing than it is kind of the, the drain of ministry, which most of us kind of know what that is. Um, you know, whenever that hits, um, yeah. So I, for me, it all goes back to the defining of what it means to be a disciple. And for me, all that means is somebody who is being discipled and can go and make another disciple. So we're talking more about the idea of uh, disciple making movement mm-hmm. as opposed to how do I get people in my church? So the one version is we're making disciples because our numbers are going up and people are showing up at church. So our marketing campaign worked really well, or somebody invited their friend for Easter. So we must be making disciples. The other option of that is we're making disciples, not necessarily because our numbers went up, but because I have 10 more people out this week than I did last week who are talking to a neighbor or teaching somebody or training somebody how to read scripture, how to pray, uh, working with them. I mean, it's, it's kind of a different, um, it, it's just looking at the topic of discipleship overall slightly differently. And, uh, and it's really turned into just a sweet season of fun ministry right now is yeah. where, where we are. That's awesome. That's good to hear you say that too. Cause I think there's a stigma out there that there's like a us and them kind of thing where there's the communication people that want all this digital connection and et cetera. And those pastors that just stop us from doing everything that we want to do. <laughs> and I'm like, but I know a lot of pastors that are not into that, you know, they're like, Hey, let's find ways to do this. So yeah. uh, what part are you guys like, how are you looking at digital tools that are available, like social media yes. or podcasting or blogging for how you, how are you connecting with your people and what, like, how's that discipleship for you guys? Okay. So here, here's how that works for us. Number one, we had to, again, we had to define what it meant for somebody to actually be a disciple. Once we defined that, the question then became, okay, how do we actually get these tools into their hands? So now one of the issues we face, um, I think a lot of people may face this in, in larger, uh, cities, urban areas, maybe not so much in rural areas, maybe, uh, to some degree in rural areas also, here, the issue we're facing is, okay, so the average daily commute outside of Washington, D.C. is all, is up to almost four hours a day. So the people that I am pastoring, yeah, the oh people that I'm pastoring at my campus, they'll drive from Gainesville, Virginia, and they'll drive into, say, you know, the Pentagon or NIH or wherever, and it's an hour, hour and a half in, sometimes two if they have to go up into Maryland or over the Beltway coming back. So they're on the road three, four hours a day. And so then what we were finding here was, okay, so the big push was show up on Sunday 
and then go to your Tuesday night life group. And that's where you're going to be discipled. And what we started to find was people almost were feeling the sense of like guilt because they couldn't get from work at the Pentagon back home and to Gainesville in time for a life group. And so people weren't, they, I would say they weren't attending well. They weren't showing yeah. up. And so then our opinion of that was, okay, well, if our discipleship is happening in a life group, we're not doing a very good job because nobody's coming to life groups. Yeah. Like this is a, this is a problem, right? So that kind of led us on a journey of, <clears throat> excuse me, a journey of saying, okay, how do we actually do this with the tools we currently have? So once we defined a disciple who can make another disciple and we discovered three or four basic tools to get them off and running, we could translate those tools into text messages, FaceTime calls, blogs, uh, Vimeo conversations, any, any kind of communication you can think of. We could translate those tools and that training into that, um, into that sphere. Yeah. So now what I can do is I've got a guy who leaves his house at you know 6 a.m. He's going to drive two hours to NIH. I can shoot him a text and talk to him while he's on the road, basically, and have a conversation with him about his day. My, my dream right now is saying, you know, I, I've got people in the Pentagon. I've got people in the Secret Service. I've got people at NIH, at the NRO. I've got all these people, right? And one of my dreams right now is, let's say I send the right text message the right morning. That person goes into a place like the Pentagon, and now they are set up. Uh, for the day, not from a perspective of, oh, drudgery, here's another day, here's more traffic, but my mission while I am at work is to make disciples. What what difference does that make in Washington, D.C. if we're discipling people through text message, through FaceTime, through Vimeo, through Zoom, through Skype, through whatever? Yeah. Like That changes the entire conversation for us. Yeah. So it, it still has to be defined. You have to know what success looks like. And then once you know, it, it's really quite easy to take all those communication tools you're talking about and just run with them. Once yeah. you've got people running with those tools, man, they just go. Uh, it, it's, a, yeah. it's a fascinating thing. And like I said, right now, it's just a lot of fun because we're, we're just experimenting and having a good old time yeah. because we know what we're trying to accomplish. It, so. it's, it's literally a, a drive-by discipleship. <clears throat> it's like finding a way to get in their car <laughs> while they're in their yeah. car with – get in their car with them while they're yep. on these long commutes because you've identified that's a time when it's, they're really available. They are very available. You know, it's yep. like maximizing they're, they're their, their time. Abs- maximizing their time. So instead of saying our discipleship happens in a life group on Tuesday night or on Thursday night or whatever from 6.30 to 8 while you're eating snacks and listening to Chris Tomlin, like instead of that, if the if a disciple is somebody who is going to make another disciple, then I can be just as successful at 630 in the morning over text message with somebody who's going to go and have an impact on a coworker at the Pentagon. Yeah. I, I am, I am, I am, if not, I'm more successful there yeah. than trying to force that person. Cause then you've got, you've got all the other issues. Then those, those men and women, they're coming back home. They're getting home at seven, eight o'clock at night. They've got Jimmy's soccer game, Sally's dance recital, ballet, uh, basketball, baseball, they've got all this stuff. Yeah. And then they show up at church and they feel guilty because they couldn't make that Tuesday night thing. Yeah. And it's like, man, we're, we are the ones missing the opportunity when we don't take full advantage of these tools that we are, we all sit on them all day long. Yeah. They're in our pockets. And it's like, dude, we are, we are just missing the mark if we can't find a way to translate it into those, 
um, into the communication stuff, the zoom and the, di- all the digital things. We're just, yeah. we're missing the mark. So, yeah. And I think when I was, when I was a youth pastor, one of my, one of my greatest regrets of youth ministry was how I, I look back and I go, man, I really made everybody feel guilty in my youth ministry for the things that they were involved with. Like they couldn't make church. They couldn't make yep. small groups. They couldn't make uh, Sunday morning. And it was like, well, I've got this choir concert or I've got to do play practice and I've got soccer practice. And yep. I would like harp on that because I came from a time and I, and I don't know what, t- what time you did, but like <laughs> when I was in high school, like in, in the nineties, we got out of school early on Wednesdays so that we could have basketball, football practice or whatever end early. So we could go to church. Like the school board made that decision for us specifically to be able to go to church. So there was, there was nothing open on Sundays. It's like, man, those days were sacred. They're not, they're not anymore. And especially if you're in a metro area, they're not. And so when you're you're thinking about discipleship, you know, I think the biggest uh, shift that we're seeing in is that while pastors may not, you know, agree on this a lot. You know, there's a, there's definitely a mind mindset shift in our people that um, discipleship happens more than when I'm just present at an event, like going to a, to a small group They're yep. They're like, that doesn't, that's not as valuable to them anymore when they can download a podcast from their favorite preacher and, <laughs> yep. and who, who's probably better than most of us, you know, or whatever at communicating yeah. And yep. it's like, that's, that's easier. I'll pop that in, in my, my drive. And now I've, I've got my, my home group basically yeah. in, you know, yep. I didn't connect with anybody, you know, <clears throat> yep. I didn't do some of the community stuff, but I definitely learned and grew. So yep. what's, what's I, that mean for me? You know, I think that that's really fascinating. I, I wonder to, to what degree. Okay. So I, I know a lot of times when I read the, the high level pastoral stuff, so much of it is, is about the, the downfall and the chaos of society and nobody wants to do church anymore. So it's all kind of society's fault. But you know, for me, it kind of feels like, okay, just like what you're talking about, people have these busy lives and then they show up on, they show up on a Sunday and they hear the pastor say, Hey, discipleship is not just Sunday. Uh, your your Christian life is not just Sunday. It is Monday to Saturday, and here's all of our options Monday to Saturday, and they can't make them because of something else. How much of that uh, of some of that missing the mark is actually on us because we we are communicating to them kind of a, a gospel of of guilt because they can't make that t- the only Tuesday night thing that we had available or the only Wednesday yeah. night thing we had available. And how much of this, to some degree, is just our own missing the mark as opposed to, oh, yeah, it's all those people and it's just the downfall of society. And so we're just going to sit back and complain. And I I just I'm kind of at a like I said, I'm in a fun season of ministry. And so I just have no tolerance for the complaint of it. I'm just like, man, let's get to work. (laughs) We got all kinds of opportunities and tools and digital like, let's go. You know, we got all these opportunities. Let's hit them, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of like when you look at some of the like things like you said, opportunities like social media and you go, are you telling me that at any moment I could get a, a message across to a to a group of people in my church? have a conversation about spiritual things that helps them grow at any moment. I could do that of the day. I don't have to wait for them to come to me. Right. And it's yep. like, I think, I think the, the problem has been in the discussion, honestly, from my perspective is that we're seeing it as a, uh, an either, or like we have to have, 
you have to be present to be discipled. And then there's that group that says, no, you can be discipled anywhere. In fact, we prefer it because it's the way the world's going to be digitally Mm -hmm. discipled. And that's the same. And honestly, I think it's like both of those need to count for us a little bit in some way. Yes. And, but but we can't get around the fact that they're very different. I mean, there, there are some differences in those two approaches. So what do you see as the difference in discipleship, whether it's digital or in person? Like, what are the benefits of both or, or pitfalls of both? Oh, well, um, I mean, the, the pitfall, I think, of the digital side is that if it's not focused, and again, I, I will keep going back to the definition of it and how and what you're actually aiming at, you will miss the mark on the digital side if you don't know what you're trying to accomplish, what you want that person to become or to get or to do, or like, if you don't know that answer... Your digital is just kind of a shotgun blast. It's just a it's just a shot in the dark. It may or may not connect. Yeah. For me, there is no substituting the personal conversation. So, for instance, rather than forcing the concept of a small group or a life group or a home group in that way, what I'm moving toward is saying, okay, I want to find two to three runners. I want to find two to three guys who can't think about anything else while they're out in their regular jobs than, okay, how do I make a disciple of that guy? How do I reach that person? I've got guys right now who are, who are on breaks, getting together with coworkers, praying in cubicles, you know, yeah. like, okay, now that's a great opportunity. The only way they got that training was in person where in person we practiced, we trained, we practiced, we trained, and we got them running on it. Now, where the digital kicks in to boost the personal touch is when I follow up with them with what they already know they're supposed to be doing. And now it's encouragement. Now it's fuel on the fire. I've trained them and prepped them. And now I'm sending them a text message with a scripture I read that made me think of them and I'm pumping them up. And I get text back, Stan, thanks. I needed that. Yeah, that's exactly what I needed today. Oh, man, I can't wait to get back at it. You know, stuff like that. So for me, the digital, the only way digital really misses the mark for me is if you don't know what you're trying to accomplish. If I already know what I'm accomplishing in person and have trained them and prepped them and they've practiced and they know digital now becomes fuel on the fire during the week. It it is the thing that just, you know, it's going to go because you're right. I, I can't get everybody on Wednesday night, but I can get everybody most everybody, if it wasn't for Facebook's algorithm, I, yeah. most everybody, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever, yeah. you know, I can get them there. So I, I got to train them up and then I'm pouring fuel on the fire through all the digital stuff. Yeah, I totally That's agree. how I see it. It's, it's really good to hear that pastors are thinking through like, okay, we're going to say, what is discipleship for us? What is it? What are we trying to do? And then with digital, how does that come alongside? And what are we trying to do there too? Because I think a lot of our, um, our, our, our missed mark with not just discipleship and pastoring, but in digital world as well is often because we don't know the goal. We don't know the audience. We don't know the goal. And, you know, one of my good friends named Barbara always answers questions on our Facebook groups and everything all the time. Who are you trying to reach? What are you trying to do? And it's, it's amazing how often there, the, the answer is, I don't really know. I saw this really cool thing I wanted to try. Facebook seems cool. I love YouTube or I want to do a new Instagram account for our student ministry. And when you ask why there's not really an answer because I don't really know what I want to try to do with that. I just know (laughs) other churches have it. I'm supposed to, you know? Yep. And, and the same can be said of every small group in the country. We believe we're supposed to have small groups because we read it in a Rick Warren book 
yep. or somebody from Saddleback. And so we believe, oh, we just need to get these small groups and let's just let them all buy curriculum and just go. And, and okay, but, but why, for what purpose, how are they, you know, are, are those groups now reaching their neighborhoods? Are they, are they outreach or like, what are you actually trying to accomplish with the group? Because otherwise, you know, no offense to a lot of the groups out there, but they just, they do, they just become glorified, uh, midweek holy huddles that just replace, you know, whatever. And, but there's not actually forward momentum with them because we don't actually know what we want them to achieve. And, and that is happening all the time, all over the place. And so whoever Barbara is like, she's, she's on it because you have to know that you have to know that even with the, with the digital stuff. Like I, before I start a post, I want to know how that's going to tie, especially for my guys that I'm working with. I want to know how my text, how my post, how my FaceTime call is going to tie directly to their training and set them up for success that day. Otherwise, it's a wasted phone call. and We're just shooting the breeze. And it, that's really nice. But in terms of like momentum toward disciple making movement, it's it's wasted time. Yeah. It's nice time, but it can be wasted if I don't know what I'm doing with it. Yeah. And I think that so, I think having that goal in mind is something where we all need to really just make sure we have that answer before we get started. Yes. Because there's a tendency for a, in the pastoral world, I'm, and having come from that, I know this, is that you always want to be doing something. Like you always yeah. want to be moving. You always want to be going yeah. forward, man. You always yep. want to be making decisions. You always want to be launching something. You always, the next big thing, because that's how you keep people interested, right? Yeah. And, yep. and, and with that comes, you know, a lot of excitement if you can keep it up. But if you, even if you are keeping it up and you don't have a point, you may find like, man, we're launching new things constantly. We're constantly doing new stuff, but we don't, we're not seeming to get that excitement. And it's because there is no answer to that question. Like people well, are, people are starting to go like, why are we doing all this stuff? Yeah. Why, why and, are there four different Bible studies that I'm supposed to go to? Yes. You know? and, and part of the other problem with that is, um, not only is it the pastor or the church leader that's just trying to keep going, what they're hearing from people is we're church shopping. And so that that puts the pastor in this position of, OK, I need to have a new thing. I need to have a new thing. And then there's a, a, a board sitting somewhere behind them that's yep. expecting a certain number. And then so now I've got to run after that, too. And honestly, I think what ends up happening is something we talk about in our culture here at New Life. We say don't lead out of a scarcity mentality. Don't lead out of the mentality that if you don't do this, you're not going to have enough. You're not going to get enough. You're, there's never going to be enough. There's never going to like, don't lead from that lead out of mission and purpose. Cut, yeah. cut stuff if you have to, because it'll be, it'll be more effective. Don't, don't lead out of, oh man, well, if I don't have enough programs, I'm going to lose the Johnsons, you know, like, okay, well, there's a thousand other churches in your town. Let the Johnsons go do what's actually going to be effective. And, and I, again, I could preach on that too, but I, I think that the <laughs> scarcity mentality is what freaks a lot of guys out. And you got boards that are judging preachers and pastors on whether or not they can keep enough on the calendar. And so we're running on this, you know, uh, yeah. yeah, have stuff available for people to choose from and keep it going and have a busy calendar. And then, you know, after 10 years, like, why did we do that service again? I forgot why, when did we start that? And why did we start? It's yeah. like, and you, we're just burning energy for, for nothing. Absolutely. I'll attest to that. I mean, so, I was, I, I was yeah. in a position once where I was actually fired because I got sideways with the elder board who wanted me to add more stuff to the calendar and do more stuff. I'm like, we're, we were at 20. We're now at a hundred students. We're reaching kids like that. Don't 
ever want to go to church. And it was like a small little town. Our youth group rivaled the size of our own, of our church. And I was like, mm. things are, <laughs> things are kind of going okay, man. And I'm like, I don't really feel like we need all that. And, you know, like, well, we, you're spending too much time with social media. And, and that was, at that mm. time it was just Facebook. Like that had just come oh. out. And so it was like Facebook and YouTube were the only two names in the game. And I would, I was doing videos and doing graphics and, you know, making uh, fun skits and games. And our service was awesome. Some kids wanted to come to band was good, whatever. And like, they were coming out of the woodwork, man. And it was like, well, you need to take them to like pizza stuff and go to bowling and like do all this stuff. And I'm like, why, why do I need to do all that? They go do all that themselves. And it's more fun. Cause I'm not even there. And I was a pretty young youth pastor. I'm like, but yeah, th- I'm cool, but dude, they got their own <laughs> stuff. You know, and I'm like, but that got me sideways with a man when they were telling me, hey, do this. Yep. I'm like, that's a bad yep. idea. I don't want to do that. And they're like, all right, we'll find somebody that will. Yep. You know, that sucks. Yep. And that's, uh, but, but that's absolutely. the pressure a lot of pastors are under is like, hey, we've got yes. this idea of what this needs to look like and you need to make, go out there and make it happen. And oh, man, I, yep. I could preach on that. So, yep. you know, like, yep. trust your pastors that you hired. You hired them for a purpose. Follow <laughs> the lead. <laughs> Follow the experts. That sounds like a new podcast opportunity. Oh my you know, gosh. podcast episode for you. I could do a whole podcast <laughs> series devoted to just follow the experts. Oh my gosh. But thinking about like your, your discipleship program, that having to think about it in a new way like that is, is very disruptive to our norm. It's very like, yeah, it, it, it like we have to then step back and change things that we've come to love. You know, like if you're looking yeah. at what is the disciple and having home groups in homes isn't going to work for you, you have to get in and go, okay, well, what will? Maybe home groups aren't the thing. Maybe we should do Sunday school. And you're a progressive church and you're going, how would it look if we had Sunday school? Though we can't do anything lame like that. And then you've <laughs> got to make this decision. Is it better to do something that actually works that's a little bit old school or should we keep with our model because it's cool? And then you're making these decisions on discipleship. So now you add the online church and the, you know, the, the digital side of discipleship in and churches have to rethink this again. Uh, Recently, Kerry Newhoff did, uh, I think uh, something exponential. I think he had a webinar or something and you even blogged about it. Um, Yep about the dis- disruptive nature of media in the churches. So did you agree with him on those things? And just kind of, I'll link to it in the show notes, but just uh, what were your thoughts on that? Um, well, uh, I will answer your question to address the thing you just said. One of the fundamental shifts that is taking place for us right now is even in the language you used of the discipleship program and, and even getting away from that and saying, listen, discipleship's not a program. Discipleship is the very lifestyle of right where you are at yeah. every single day. That shift for some of our, I'll call them tent makers because they're working secular jobs and then they're praying with people in their cubicles or they're trying to reach, you know, whoever. Um, that is a fundamental shift they've had to make to where I've got guys dreaming about house churches versus uh, okay, well, how do we add more programming to this? Okay, that's not about that. It is about literally it is your entire lifestyle that is engulfed in this make disciples thing, that that is the mission. I'm going to give you three tools, and you know, in three weeks, you better come back with a list of names. Like, it is a lifestyle <laughs> of, I'm chasing, you know, it is. That's We're awesome. chasing it. We've, we've got, um, 
training stuff that goes with that homework assignments that go with that. And you don't move on in the training until those homework assignments are completed. And once they are, I'm telling you what's happening is a lot of people get freaked out by that level of like push and accountability or whatever. But I'm telling you what, man, my guys, they love it. They love it because they know what they're chasing. They feel a part of the mission, not the mission of new life, the mission of Jesus, the purposes of Jesus. And, and that's what gets them fired up. So even the fundamental shift of saying of, of getting to a place where we don't view discipleship as a program that we buy in a 12 week curriculum and somebody will figure it out on Thursday night. Yeah. It is not that it is a all encompassing. How do I view my life as the apostle Paul, where I'm making tents trying to survive during the week, but all the while I'm doing it, I'm, I'm reaching people. So that I would, I would say that to your last point. Um, yes, Kerry Newhoff. Uh, I mean, obviously, I don't know if anybody could say anything bad about Newhoff. The guys on it, um, the disruptive trends were, I would say, I mean, extremely accurate. He was on with Todd Wilson from Exponential. I jumped onto the live to watch. I'd read the blog. Then I wanted to hear the conversation. Todd had actually gone back and gotten the disruptive trends from last year, how they mimicked or how they kind of fed into this year. Um, and, and yeah, I, I overall tend to agree with, uh, with Newhoff on those, on those disruptive trends of which much of that was digital stuff, websites and, uh, yeah. FaceTime and all, you know, all that stuff. So yeah, I would agree. He's on to something with those yeah. disruptive trends. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and why it's disruptive too, is that it's disruptive to our thinking, you know, like you yes. just said, like just even thinking about discipleship, not being a program that's disruptive to think about it as something else. And yes. to think about how you're you're connecting with people during the week or just in general, it used to be very face to face, very one to one, and you know it's still kind of one to one in a lot of ways. But it's on the digital side. You got to have a good website. You got to have good uh, Google sp- ad space. You know you've got to have uh, presence in social media. You've got to you know have content out there yep. like, that it's almost like fishing, and that's the bait almost. You know in a way that you throw it out. Yes. And, yes. and it like pulls people in. So you have to have a little bit more of a strategy in a lot of different places. And, and that is something that pastors and church leaders, it's new, you know, I mean, they didn't go to school for that. They went to school to learn how to teach the Bible. They, they went to school to learn how to be the Bible answer men. And it's almost like it's, it's almost impossible or extremely difficult for them to move to a place where they put that kind of authority in somebody else's hands to run with it because they are, we are, pastors are notoriously untrusting of what that person's going to teach in a life group or how, the, if they, if they go outside the curriculum, what are they going to say? And is it going to fit our doctrine? Yeah. And so, yeah, we are trained to be Bible answer men and by our very college education or seminary education, we are the bottleneck of the church. I mean, literally it is in our degree. I'm pretty sure that's what BS degree <laughs> stands for is bottleneck something. I mean, like that, that's, it's, it's what we learn. It is. It, it's what we learn to do. It's crazy. Yeah. So, and I'll okay, say, I'll quit preaching. And I'll say this too. I went to seminary as well. Got a, a seminary degree, master's in <laughs> ma- media and, the, and communications, but ton of theology yeah, and everything. And I went right back into youth ministry from that and was like, mm. let me explain to you all the things, you know, it's like, that's not, it, it's like they, there wasn't a platform first. It's like I had some answers. They desperately needed my education. My students, they did. They needed me to be mm. able to be that. Yeah. But if I didn't meet them where they already kind of were and how they were, you know, communicating with each other already in some of these channels first, then I really didn't get the opportunity to tell them all the stuff that I knew. And I think that's a new yeah. hurdle for pastors is that, 
you know, when I go to a church and I see that the pastor is up on stage and he's teaching and he says something about the culture, but I go back and look and that guy doesn't even have, you know, an Instagram or a Twitter and he's active <laughs> on, I'm like, do you really understand the culture then? I mean, do you really know how to tell me how to navigate life if you're not even part of it? It's because yeah. this is life, right? This is where we live. We live digitally almost all week long until we finally show up to something. And yep. then for that hour, if we can stand it, we are face to face, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's so, yeah. so uh, it's like, that's a whole new game for pastors who were taught, go and teach the Bible and be good at this. Yeah. And you know, that it's, and here's what this means. You know, you lead organizationally and then you speak on Sunday. And for a lot of people, that's it. You know, and I, and I don't mean that to be like pa- pa- down on pastors because I love pastors, right. but you know, yeah. honestly, if that's our mindset, we may not even know that's our mindset until we look at discipleship and go, what are we doing? Yeah. What is our goal? And then we go, wow, what I'm doing is not really working that well. Because I've found that the hardest thing to convince people of is not, we need to fix something that's broken. It's, we need to fix something that could be better. Mm. And when something's already kind of working, how can we make it better and work 10 times better? Uh, and more, be more effective even. Yeah. And that's a harder sell than, oh, well, I'm already doing this and it's working okay and I'm happy with it. Yeah. You know, that's, it's hard to get out of yeah. that. Very easy to get comfortable in that. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Well, I love, I love the discussion on discipleship. I think we, there's a lot more to go. I really do. Um, I love what you're doing in that, in that space and what you're doing for your church. So, uh, it's awesome to hear that. Um, where can people connect with you online that, uh, you know, that we can, kind of see more of what you're doing uh what's what does online mean again on the on the line on the line is that <laughs> is that where you can find the www yeah it's on the line yeah absolutely <laughs> um yeah man so my my favorite uh my favorite space right now is twitter i love twitter i try to be active on twitter daily um so you can just find me first and last name at stan Rada. Um, I've got, uh, I've got the Facebook thing. I've got a uh, website, stanrada.com. That's where the blog and all that stuff is. I've got some free downloads on the, on the uh, website and, um, some information about something I'm starting up called pastor con, yeah. um, which is practical conversations with pastors for pastors, uh, which is basically a lot of disciple making conversations. Uh, so there's that there's a, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff on the website, stanrada.com. And then primarily I'm out on floating around on Twitter. Awesome. Well, Stan, I appreciate that. And if you go to the website, you will see a little bit of the epic beard that is, and I'm getting the, the, <laughs> the pleasure of seeing that right now. Uh, we, yeah. we can, we're beard brothers. Uh, we're, his, right. his is a little bit bigger than mine, a little bit bigger, bigger beard. Uh, yeah. But anyway, thanks, Stan, for, for taking time and hanging out with us, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks, Seth. All right. Well, guys, we'll see you next week. Uh, and uh, thanks for listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks. See ya. See ya.